I would say the lack of MFA is, and even extend that to, to password managers, is one of the most common mistakes I, I would see right across the board when it comes to uh, small and mid-sized businesses and, and, and startups. You know, and, you know, when, it, when it comes down to even mapping that back to what we see as the most common threats right now, they all go back to credential stuffing and account takeovers. And again, that all stems from the fact of poor password management and uh, lack of MFA. Mobile workforces, cloud applications, and digitalization are changing every aspect of the modern enterprise. And with radical transformation come new business risks. Welcome to Hybrid Identity Protection, the premier podcast for cybersecurity pros charged with defending hybrid identity environments. Presented by Semperis, the pioneers of identity-driven cyber resilience for the hybrid enterprise. And now, here's your host, 15-time Microsoft MVP and Active Directory security expert, Sean Duby. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the HIP Podcast. My guest today is Dominic Vogel. Dominic is founder and chief strategist at CyberSC in Vancouver, where he focuses on providing strategic security leadership to technology startups and small to mid-sized businesses. Welcome, Dominic. It's good to have you here. Sean, thank you so much for having me. Really excited to have an awesome combo. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. We've spent a lot of time on this podcast talking about large enterprise, mid-size enterprise, and a lot of the complications involved in the hybrid aspects of this. But it's appropriate to do a little refocusing and talk about the other end of the spectrum, specifically small to mid-sized businesses, all the way down to startups, because clearly security around these organizations is every bit more important than it has ever been. And the threats facing these small and mid-sized businesses are stronger than they've ever been because basically everybody's being targeted today. And the bad guys naturally go for the easy targets. And it seems to me, and you can probably tell me this better than I can, that SMBs and startups are are pretty easy targets. Is that true? They're very much what I refer to as the low-hanging fruit. You know, and you know, historically, I mean, the, the larger organizations, the enterprises were the, the companies that were targeted. But, you know, as they've gotten better at cybersecurity, the hyper-connected supply chain that we have, what, what have you there, the smaller companies became more attractive targets because cyber criminals could just break in there with relative ease, steal the same type of data, monetize that, or break into the smaller organizations and then leverage the connections into a, a into a larger organization. So they're very much, you know, the low hanging fruit now. And for the most part, small and mid-sized organizations have very much underinvested in, in cybersecurity. You know, as you're describing this, it's occurring to me that an attack vector that SMBs are attack vectors into larger enterprises, is which you were sort of implying, the old target vendor access attack, and then used to get into the larger organization. Exactly. And I think that was very much a watershed moment there, you know, with, with, with the HVAC vendor there in, in the case of uh, target data breach. What, what we see is, as well with a lot of our small and mid-sized business uh, clients is that through vendor risk management, a lot of the larger organizations, they are clamping down when it comes to vendor risk management. And they're asking really in-depth questions and sending out these massive security questionnaires. And, you know, for the most part, they're taking it much more seriously, you know, and making sure that whatever vendors that they deal with, that they're able to at least meet to a certain cybersecurity uh, requirement, you know. And, and so you know, we, we see all sorts of small, mid-sized businesses saying, we don't know how the heck to fill out these questionnaires. We've told them that, you know, we have a security program, but we don't. <laughs> well, what, what, what do we do? So, I mean, it's it's almost becoming to the point of it being a competitive differentiator 
for small and mid-sized businesses because if you're you know small company A and small company B and you both offer the same plat- same type of platform, whichever of the two can prove to big company C that they're able to meet the security requirements, they'll get the green light first. So it's very much becoming part of an overall competitive differentiation piece as well. Yes, and we see that you know every day, either in the, my current situation or in some of the large companies I've worked for, as you're examining SaaS applications and you say, you know, do you support federation? You know, yes, no. You know, what is your integration? Do you support auto provisioning? Because that increases the security posture and ease of use considerably. And if you don't, then you're put in the second tier right away. So I'm curious, you know, as an expert in providing security recommendations and insight and strategy to the small companies, what's the most common security mistake startups and small businesses make? Good question. (laughs) Uh, To me, I, I would categorically refer to not doing the basics and not doing them well. So to me, stuff like multi-factor authentication, a lot of small and mid-sized businesses leverage like G Business Suite or Office 365, and they're not leveraging the built-in MFA capabilities. That is one of the most common things that I see. And that is a, you know, they don't have to pay extra for it. They're already getting it, but they're just not leveraging it. And you know, they'll talk about how their accounts are getting compromised, account takeovers, what, what have you. NFA can do a, do a big, big thing from a risk reduction point of view uh, by just enabling that and, and configuring that right across the board. So I would say the lack of MFA uh, <laughs> uh, is, uh, and and even extending that to, to password managers is one of the most common mistakes that I, that I would see right across the board when it comes to uh, small and mid-sized businesses and, and, and startups. You know, and, you know, when it, when it comes down to even mapping that back to what we see as the most common threats right now, they all go back to credential stuffing and account takeovers. And again, that all stems from the fact of poor password management and uh, lack of MFA. Right. And so are most of the startups and SMBs, uh, assuming that they're relatively new SMBs, are they using cloud services for their back end? In other words, using Google or using Office 365? Yes. Yeah, I would say the overwhelming majority of them are. Are, are using uh, uh, one, one of those two. Uh, it's fine with, with, especially with newer organizations. I would say, <laughs> I think uh, I've come across only one that has, again, from an organization which is under, let's say, let's say under two years old, that's leveraging their own internal email server or, or, or some other service, which is in D Business Suite or, or Office 365. Right. So it is the bar, the barrier to entry is lower than it has ever been to turn on an MFA and increase the security. It's just a question of, how much you want to pay for what level of subscription and go in and start, spend a few minutes implementing the controls. Exactly. Exactly. And even just getting, again, the, the cultural buy-in that, again, this is being done uh, not to be a pain in the ass. <laughs> this is being done to be able to uh, make sure that you know, one of the most common risk or threat vectors right now being, like I said, uh, related to uh, credential stuffing or account takeovers, that that is the most uh, effective method to deal with that, being able to communicate the why, why MFA is being deployed, I think that's super crucial as well, because uh, I've seen that with a lot of clients where they'll say, oh, well, you know, Bill, our VP, he's not going to like that. That's going to add an extra step, you know, uh, um, or, you know, our CEO is not going to like that. You know, that, that's going to slow things down a bit. Um, you know, so I think uh, dealing with those cultural pieces as well um, as part of the, the underlying why is an important piece as well. So when you find resistance to this, is it generally resistance to it or they just don't know what to do and they're afraid that it's old school mfa where someone gets hit on the head every time they try to access a resource 
Well, exactly. I think it really comes down to, you know, when there's resistance, it just comes down to it being mapped back to a prior old experience or bad experience, or it's because you're, you're projecting the, that fear of the unknown. So I think that's why it's really critical that when you roll out these controls that you demonstrate them, you show what they're doing, you show what they're capable of, you show the ease of use, you have sufficient training and, and, and making sure everyone feels comfortable with it, and that you really elicit the why, that this isn't just being done just for the hell of it. There's a there's a clear business reason and risk reduction reason why that's being done. You know, a lot of different functionalities will often just get rolled out in a vacuum without proper communication. Something like MFA, you need to have a really great training and communication plan around that to, to make that successful. Yeah. I once uh, heard a long time ago that the reason many technologists are lousy communicators is because they prefer working with things rather than with people, which is why they're in technology <laughs> and not in sales. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I've, I've seen many cases where that's certainly the, the, the case. That's very true. Well, I have to remind myself that it's people, processes, and technology. It's not just technology and then there are people in there somewhere to serve as a load for the technology, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So true. Okay. So that's great. What about, no, and these are not necessarily the same thing. What's the most serious security mistake startups and small businesses you find that they make? I'd say the most serious mistake is not prioritizing cybersecurity. I've, it's funny, which I, I've gone into meetings with prospects and prospects who, uh, I'll give a, an example here, one who had suffered just a devastating ransomware attack and, uh, you know, they lost so many of their critical files and they had to basically suspend business for about three months as they, as they manually redid all their financial records. And so when we, we went in there and, and we talked about, you know, here's what we would do. We're de developing a cybersecurity program, focused on building foundational elements. And they said, and then when we well, looked at the cost, they said, well, oh, we, we were hoping you know, we could spend maybe a hundred bucks a month uh, on this. And I said, I, I don't understand, you know, you, you, because they, they told me that their business literally came within days of shutting down. I said, so your, your business is, is to, to you is worth, in terms of saving it again is worth a hundred dollars a month. There's still that strong disconnect in the, with small mid-sized businesses that, you know, we're a small company, no one's going to come after us. No one, we don't have anything that criminals would want. That type of archaic 1995 level thinking is still just super prevalent amongst in the SMB space. So I'd say that the biggest risk is that false sense of security. I cannot tell you how often I've heard from an SMB owner uh, or from a CEO who says, well, you know, we have antivirus and a firewall and we know to not, our staff know uh, not to click on Nigerian print scams. I, I think we're pretty good. You know, and I always say, well, that's great. You know, if this was the mid nineties, you guys would be set, but it's 2020, you know? Uh, so I, I, I'd say that, like I said, is the biggest risk, that outdated false sense of security mindset. So once again, we're, we have another variation on the security by obscurity trope. Yes. Oh, I'll just keep my head down and maybe nobody will notice my website and what I do. And, and then maybe they'll leave me alone. My CEO has a phrase he's fond of that I like very much. And he says, hope is not a strategy. Very true. Very, very true. Do you find that in terms of the, the fear, uncertainty and doubt around implementing these security controls is perhaps, is it stronger with SMBs than it is with larger organizations? Because, and I don't know, I'm just asking, is it because they're very, very highly focused on one thing and don't have, as, as someone might in a larger organization, more exposure to different types of IT and security? They just want to do this one thing and they don't want to have to worry about anything else. A lot of SMB 
uh, executives and owners that I'd say that they're very jaded from uh, the fear, uncertainty, and doubt that was uh, sent to them by uh, you know, other security vendors. And as the 2000s rolled on, a lot of them were, I'd say, very jaded by previous experiences. A, lo- a lot of the clients that we take on and have, have, haven't looked at security in 10 plus years, and they often say to us, well, the last time we you know, had a security assessment done, we spent, you know, like 80K and all we got was this 400 page report about all the stuff we weren't doing. We didn't know what the heck to do with it. Uh, and a lot of them have been jaded by very negative experiences in, with, with security vendors and others have told us, hey, you know, we, we, this one vendor came in and we spent, you know, six high six figures to get some state art security software, which the salesman said was a silver bullet for solving all security solutions. And it's just been a pain in the butt ever since, you know, uh, um, a lot of them have very negative experiences that jays them. And that's is often a huge obstacle for us to be able to overcome to reestablish that trust. Well, certainly the security landscape from the defense end has changed quite a bit. And the tools are, while being more intelligent, they don't re- require perhaps the same amount of care and feeding that they did 10 years ago. That's very true. You know, and they do have questions, but they don't want to ask you know, one of the big four accounting firms and have to you know, be sent a ten ten thousand uh, dollar bill. You know, to, to to answer that question. So to them, I think we're seeing it become more and more mainstream cybersecurity and, and, and cyber risk. It's I think they they're, they're really looking to be able to find a trusted resource or at least establish greater re- uh, trust within the security industry to help them navigate these very confusing waters. Well, you know, confusing waters is a great way to put it. As we're now to this stampede to remote work. From from zero to a hundred percent remote work and everybody's scrambling. I've had a chance to, as I say, to chat with some larger enterprises about this. What sort of strategies are you recommending to small and medium businesses? What sort of takeaways would you give them to actions they should be taking to shore up their remote security or what, you know, VPN is not the answer to everything, or what sort of recommendations would you give? What do they need to access? Is it for the most part, if it's just email, you know, there's a lot of businesses that all they need is, is email. Okay, well, then let's make sure that, you know, Office 365 G Business Suite is, is finely tuned for that. If there's internal resources, you know, is it the same for everyone? Do they, is it just a certain set of applications? Okay, maybe a VPN would be overkill. Maybe we can set up a bit of a virtual uh, desktop infrastructure of, of, of sorts or a remote desktop service to be able to just access a secured environment. Uh, what's not good and what I've seen a lot of SMBs do is, Basically, uh, you know, use go to my PC or just leverage the uh, Chrome browser to be able to you know, tell everyone to, to set that up so they can connect to their laptop from from home. A lot of that stuff, you, that way there's no centralized management, there's no logging, there's no visibility into that. Yes, that may be a good temporary solution, but isn't good from a long-term solution. I think the starting point before we even talk about technology is mapping out those use cases. Who's going to need the access? What are they going to need to access? What are they going to need to access and, and for what periods are they going to need to access it? I think those are, there's a lot of questions that need to be answered first. You make me think about duct tape and, and bailing wire approach to remote access. Oh, can I do log me in on my PC that's still sitting on my desk? You know, VDI as a solution or some of these, the concern is, and I have seen quite a rise in the increase of RDP attacks. Yes. As everybody is uh, trying to work remotely. Yes, and that's the thing in which, as these new infrastructures become maybe more common, we're going to see more attacks happening or, or facing them, and that, and that's to be expected. I think what's super important though is that when these things get rolled out, 
that they get done so in a way in which they're not just doing focusing on functionality, but they're making sure that it's following best practices, it's being configured according to uh, uh, document best practices, making sure that it is as secure as possible. Uh, you know, I've seen a lot of you know infrastructures in the day just get rolled out without any thought about security or security testing, and just you know putting in things by default. And I think it's important that uh, in this day and age that we we roll things out that we're doing so. Like I said, following secure configurations and testing them after, run them through vulnerability assessments, run them through pen tests, make sure that they are as hardened as possible. Well, that's great. And thanks for the insight, Dominic. I think that this is a very relevant subject for what we're experiencing today, both in terms of the remote access and just in terms of there are not fewer startups happening. Startups are especially, I think we're going to see an increase in startups just as a result of the turmoil in larger businesses, you you have talented individuals with time on their hands that may be saying, well, you know, now's the time to get a an Office 65 subscription, hang my shingle out and start, you know, developing my own services. Yeah, exactly. It's an interesting time. It's going to be interesting to see what type of companies come out moving forward with how many new startups we see. But it's, it's interesting times for security professionals like, like you and I. And very grateful to you, Sean, for having me on the podcast. Well, I appreciate it. It's a great conversation. Thanks for joining us on the Hybrid Identity Protection Podcast with Sean Duby. Be sure to subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. Visit hipconf.com, that's H-I-P-C-O-N-F.com to learn about upcoming events, view expert presentations, and take part in the conversation.